Well, a very good evening once again and a warm welcome to this, our Saturday Holy Communion service, and especially for those of you who are tuning in online, as well as those of you gathered here in the sanctuary, warm welcome, and especially we want to put our hands together to welcome those who may be visitors in our midst. And this evening, we have uh, Carl's uh, staff. Um, his, uh, his name is uh, Mr. Yap Sinrong. Yeah, and again, I also do see uh, Stephen's friend, Christina. Yeah, right? So, church, shall we just put hands to just welcome them again? <coughs> Praise the Lord. Now, before we begin the word, I want to officially also make an announcement. And the announcement is that Pastor Carol has tendered her resignation with immediate effect due to personal reasons. And so, with heaviness of heart, I've accepted her, tenden- her resignation, even though it may be so soon after Pastor Aaron leaving us. But moving forward, what this means for the youth at 516 is simply that I've decided, after much prayer and thought, that Joseph will now take over as 516 youth pastor, all right? And he will be assisted by Joel. It also means that there will now no longer be two cell clusters, but we will revert back to one original cell cluster and it will be headed by Pastor Mabel, all right? So with that, do pray for Carol and Joe as they continue to seek God uh, as to where he will lead them as well as to pray for Joseph for his new additional responsibility. So can you just join me as we commit them to the Lord in prayer? Let's pray. So Father, we want to thank you for the seasons in life that you have given to us, and especially for Pastor Carol and Joe. We thank you, Lord, for over the past six months, their presence here has been helpful. We thank you, Lord, that you have called them to serve you, uh, no matter how short the, the, the time may be. But we thank you, Lord, for the impact that they have made in our lives. We continue to uplift them, that, Lord, they will continue to find your guidance to guide them, to lead them into another area of ministry that you have prepared for them. We also want to lift up to you, Joseph, that as he takes on this new added responsibility, will you guide, grant him the wisdom, you grant him the, 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 the stamina to lead this youth, to continue to bring 516 to greater heights. So Father, we thank you once again as we commit them into your loving hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And with that, can I invite you now, church, if you turn with me to your Bibles as, we, as you stand for the Gospel reading. The Gospel reading for this evening is taken from the Gospel of St. John, reading at the 10th chapter, beginning at verse 11. Glory to Christ, our Saviour. John's Gospel, chapter 10, reading from verse 11 to verse 16. Jesus says this word, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. 
I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Shall we pray? Father, once again, we come before you as we avail our hearts to your word. May you speak to us. Teach us what it means to be your shepherd. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, will you please be seated? You know, I say this before and I'll say it again, that I believe that the life and death of any church is determined by how active the different cell groups are. So if the cells are vibrant, then I believe the church is growing. But at the same time, if the cell is lifeless, if the cell is passive, then what will happen is that the church remains stagnant. It is therefore that you cell leaders play a vital role in this whole matter. And this is why today as we start the new year, it is proper that we recognize that we want to commission you, Lord, in our midst here in All Saints. And this being the year of equipping, we not only want to equip every cell leader and assistant in the area of lacking, but also for the rest of us to be raised, to be trained as future leaders in the ministry to grow the church that God has given for us. But however, for this evening, the focus is solely on you, 24 of you, cell leaders and assistants. And today, I want to highlight your role as a shepherd to your cell and further to understand what it takes to be one. And for the portion of scriptures that we will consider is the text that is found in Ezekiel 34, verse 1 to verse 10. So with that, once again, can I invite you to look to your Bibles as we look to Ezekiel chapter 34, as I read from verse 1 to verse 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Our shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourself with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the straight you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. The sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become prey, and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I 
will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. Now, the background to this particular passage of Scripture can be traced back to chapter 33, where God called the prophet Ezekiel to be his watchman. Now, every Jew who ever lived in a walled-up city would know the importance of the role of a watchman place, and especially to the city's defence. So basically, you find that a watchman is someone who is assigned to be on guard duty, where his job is to sound the alarm of any impending danger. So the watchman who is faithful, he will be the one who will constantly keep his eyes peeled on the horizon and would alert the city upon the approach of any enemy. And if the warning was promptly given, and the people within the city respond in taking the necessary action, then you find that the city and its inhabitants would be safe. However, at the same time, if the watchman failed in his task, if the watchman falls asleep, or if he's not quick enough to alert of the impending danger, then the city would be seized and lives would be lost. And being God's faithful spiritual watchman for Israel, we are told that Israel had to warn the nation regarding their sins. And if you look again back to Ezekiel 33, you find that it's a whole list of things that Ezekiel had to warn the people. We are told that they had to warn them of their wickedness, of the injustice that was going on. Ezekiel had to tell the people that they were robbing others, that they were committing abomination, and that they were committing adultery as well. But now, as we look into chapter 34, we find that the focus is now shifted to Israel's leaders. And as we begin this chapter, you find that the first key observation as we unpack this text is that God addresses His leaders as shepherds. God addresses His leaders as shepherds. Verse 1 and 2, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Now, of course, Jesus presents himself as the good shepherd, which makes us his servants as his under-shepherd. However, despite this privilege of being able to call the master shepherd to shepherd his sheep, we are told that the Lord was not pleased with them. And to comprehend God's displeasure and his judgment over his shepherd, we need to first understand this functional role of a shepherd. And for us urban folks, you know, where we are much more familiar with cars rather than sheep, we probably won't know what a shepherd does. And so for a start, in the next slide, you'll find a picture of a shepherd from biblical times. But of course, this does not mean that from now on, you cell leaders, uh, you have to dress in this manner. But on a serious note, you find that a shepherd's vocation is one of great significance. You see, a shepherd not only looks after and protects the flock from the dangers of wild beasts, you find that it is also the shepherd's responsibility to provide, to care, to guide the sheep that is under his charge. Unlike a hired hand who doesn't care about the sheep, there is this 
close, intimate relationship between the shepherd and his flock. And as we refer to John's gospel, you find that Jesus compares between the two in this manner. We see that a shepherd is one who is the owner. He owns the sheep, whereas the hireling is just a hired hand. And being a shepherd, the shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. Whereas the hired hand, you know, when danger comes, he bochops up, he runs away, he leaves the sheep behind to, 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 to fend for themselves. A shepherd is one who owns the sheep, who cares for the sheep. On the other hand, a hired hand cares nothing for the sheep. And fourthly, a shepherd is one who knows intimately the sheep, whereas a hired hand has no relationship. And so referring back again to the picture of a shepherd, you will also notice that the shepherd holds on to two basic tools. He has a staff and a rod. And both these items play a significant part in the caring as well as in the guidance and protection of the flock. What are these tools for? Well, you see that when any sheep happens to stray off course, which do you think the shepherd will use? The shepherd will use the staff. Because if you notice, the staff has this S-hook. Yeah? And the purpose of this S-hook is simply when the sheep goes away, the shepherd will use the staff to pull the sheep back into the right path. And that is why you will notice that when bishop comes during confirmation, he carries also the shepherd's staff. All right? It's to ensure that we don't that we don't stray away. All right? So bishop is seen as the shepherd of the church that will lead those who are straight away back into the right path. So that's what the shepherd's staff is for. But what about the rod? Well, you find that the rod is reserved for the most stubborn of the lot. You see, if one of the sheep insists on going its own way, what the shepherd will do is with this rod, very scarily, you will, you, 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 you will be shocked to hear that the shepherd will use this rod to break the leg of the sheep so that the sheep will not wander away, will not insist on going its own way. And when the shepherd breaks the leg of the, of, of the sheep, what it will do next, it will then carry it lovely back into the fold. So understanding now the vital role of the shepherds, we can now come to grip as to why God was judging His shepherds. In simpler terms, God's shepherds were not functioning in their role. But in what ways then were these shepherds of Israel failing in their duties? If you look with me to the Ezekiel passage, you find they did a few things. For a start, we are told that the word of God for Ezekiel was to pronounce this. Our shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourself, should not shepherds feed the sheep. And you find that this lament ends with a re-emphasis in verse 3. But you do not feed the sheep. In other words, God's spiritual shepherds were not serious in their vocation. They were neglecting in their role to provide for the sheep. They did not feed the flock that was under their charge by failing to bring them to green pastures. And what's more damning about this was that instead of feeding the sheep, 
We are told in verse 2 that they were feeding themselves. And there's more. Because when you look at verse 4, we find the lack of care from the shepherds. We are told that the weak among them were not strengthened, the sick were not healed, the injured were not bound up. Furthermore, those who had strayed away and were lost, no effort was being made to sort after them and to bring them home. They were very much left to wander off on their own and be at the mercy of wild animals. And to top it up, the shepherds ruled over them with force and with harshness. So from this section alone, we can clearly see the number of failings the shepherds were at fault with. Now, pastorally and lovingly, to draw a parallel for us, and listen carefully, I'm not insinuating that any of you are guilty of these things mentioned. Please don't get me wrong, I'm not accusing or pointing out to anyone. But what I'm saying is let's take it positively. Use this as a checklist of what Scripture wants, as a kind of KPI to see that we as shepherds, have we fulfilled our duties that God intended for you and I? And so if you cell leaders, you are equated as shepherds, what then is expected of you? Well, the first thing that God expects of us as shepherds is this, that shepherds are to feed the flock. You see, God has given us a flock to care for. And you cell leaders, your flock are those in your cell group. And as a shepherd then, you are responsible to disciple them in the way of the Lord as commanded in Scriptures. You see, the fault of the Israel shepherd was that they were feeding themselves. And don't get me wrong, it's all right that as cell leaders, you can feed yourself to learn and to grow. I think it's important. Because if you're not feeding yourself, you're not growing, you are not a leader. But at the same time, it's important for you to realize that what you have fed yourself with, what you have received, you must ultimately also share it. What you have learned must be taught to new converts so that they in turn will grow and pass it on to others. What's fundamental then is to be solidly grounded into the Word of God. This is discipleship. And this is the first task expected of us if we are truly to be God's spiritual shepherd. Secondly, shepherds are to minister to the sheep. And again, if you look at the Ezekiel passage, you find the Israel shepherd did not minister to the weak, to the sick, or to the injured. And in our case, the situation can be a reference to maybe members facing a crisis in their lives. It could be perhaps a member in your, in, in, in your group, you know, facing some health issue, or perhaps someone is going through difficulty in the family, or maybe they are facing, experiencing relationship problems. Are we as shepherds willing to visit them, pray for them, minister to their needs? Now, listen, cell group meetings should not just be a time where we gather for fellowship. Let me say this again. Huh? <clears throat> cell group meeting is not a time where you gather for fellowship. 
You know, in one of my previous church that I went, it's very sad to discover that there's a cell who meets and they look forward not to the cell, but they look forward to the after-cell activity. And unfortunately, that's when they come alive. And it's not during the cell meetings where they learn the, the Bible, where they learn the Word of God that they're excited. It's only after all that has taken place, the after-cell activity, the fellowshipping, that's where they come alive. But cell is not all about that. No, cell meeting must be more than that. It must be a time where you care for each other. And here, I want to commend Seeker Cell. And you, if you know Seeker Cell, Seeker Cell is uh, under the charge of June. <coughs> and Seeker Cell has, and if you know those of the people that comprises of Seeker Cell, uh, we have Judy and Dennis. And if you know Judy and Dennis well, Dennis is at the moment going through a very difficult stage of dementia. And there was a time where, you know, June was really struggling. And there was a situation where she had to kind of leave Dennis alone because she had to attend to Kenneth's graduation. And so as she seek for help, we praise the Lord. And I want to commend June and Elizabeth who volunteered to come and say, I will look after Dennis for you so that you can go to Kenneth's graduation. You know, church, this is love and faith put in action. This is what it means for you as a cell group leader, as a shepherd, to care and to minister to one another. And to quote Judy, she said this, care and support from cell members is important for spiritual growth and walk with the Lord. Amen to that. So church, you guys are cell leaders. It's important that it's not just gather your group for a time of fellowshipping and having fun. It is more than that. It's also seen as a time to practice ministry and to put it all together. Now, you may say that, you know, Pastor, how do I go about doing this, you know, as I never ministered to someone before? Well, the good news is, as I stress, this year is earmarked as the year of equipping. And we will, in our cell group training, <coughs> we will train you and any potential ones who wants to be leader in the, in, as, as a cell group to fulfill this important role. So shepherds are to feed the flock. Shepherds are to minister to the sheep. Thirdly, shepherds are to seek out lost sheep. And basically, this means evangelizing to the lost, to those who yet to know the Savior's love. Or as Jesus terms it in John chapter 10, verse 16, to those sheep that are not of this fold. And the lost sheep here may include those who maybe have backslidden, the prodigals, people who have drifted away from the faith. And seeking the lost can also mean encouraging those who have not been attending cell or maybe have not been coming for service for a long time. And as shepherds, it is our responsibility. If you know of anyone within your cell group are not coming for cell or are not attending service, do we take the time to call them to ensure that they are brought back into the fold? Do we know of ex-members who may have, you know, drifted away? Do we call them and ask them, hey, guys, it's time to come back to the church? And especially in this COVID situation, 
We don't know how long this situation will continue. <coughs> but my prayer is once this COVID situation ends, we are all able to come back once again, back to normal. I guarantee you there will be some who will, yeah, you know, find it difficult to come back to life service. Will you take that role? Will you take that role to encourage them? Call them back and say it's important that we need to gather together as a body of Christ. As spiritual shepherds, are we conscious about them? You know, I want to rejoice <coughs> that some of you cells are intentionally seeking them out and they are slowly beginning to return back. <laughs> and I want to pause now and give you another testimony. You know, last week in our vision casting service, in our Thanksgiving service, you have heard of many testimonies. <coughs> and one of the testimonies was that from 516, from the youth. And if you remember, the three beautiful ladies up there on the screen, they were giving their testimony. And one of them shared that she had kind of drifted away from the Lord. But yet, she came back. She testified that she came back. Why? Because the other two that was on the screen, they were the ones that ministered to her. They were the ones that seek her out. That despite of her faith being stumbled, you know, they were the ones that prayed for her, continued to reach out to her and ensure that they came back and eventually rejoiced and give thanks that she is back. It is our responsibility as shepherds to seek them out, those who are lost, to allow God to do the conviction of the heart. The last section then, from verse 5 to 6, reveals to us now the consequence when shepherds fail to perform this task. And so we find that in the next two verses, we will now understand why God was so against the shepherd of Israel and perhaps even help us to see the extent of our own failures when we don't perform this role in looking out for the flock that God has given to us. You see, because beginning in the first part of verse 5, we are informed that because there was no shepherd, or rather the shepherd was there but they were not performing their duty, what happened to the sheep? The sheep were scattered. And verse 6 explains it this way. Because they were scattered, they wandered about aimlessly all over and no one was willing to sort them out and bring them back. This then is the picture of neglect. The flock was left to fend for themselves. The sad truth was that they were supposed to have a shepherd but the shepherd was M-I-A, missing in action. And because the shepherd was missing in action, the sheep were scattered and became food for the wild beasts. Because no one cared for them, no one ministered to them, they were led astray. And this is especially so for new believers. If none in the church is willing to take up the role, to disciple them, to care for them, what will happen is that they will leave, they will receive and be influenced by all sorts of doctrines, myths and teachings. They will want to hear for the itchy ears what they like to hear and not be willing to be corrected. And this is a sad truth when one who was lost was found but then ended up being lost again. 
I want to end with these sobering words from the Lord as found in verse 10. Where God says this, Behold, I'm against the shepherds. Now church, may these words not be uttered to us as God's chosen shepherds. Instead, what we should be hearing from the Lord is this, well done, good and faithful servants. But listen, we can only receive this commendation when we first fulfill our responsibility to care for the flock that He has placed over us. As long as you are performing what is expected of us, we need not be concerned of the warning given in verse 10. You see, the bottom line is this. Jesus, as our chief shepherd, He has set the example that we, the under-shepherd, ought to emulate. And if you to look into the next part of Ezekiel 34, you find that from verses 11 to 14, God is revealed as the shepherd, as the right type of shepherd we should be, who seeks out those who are scattered. God as the shepherd rescues the lost. God as the shepherd feeds the flock. And God must be the example as a shepherd in which we must emulate. So this evening, as we commission each and every one of you, may we be encouraged, may we be equipped to embrace this call, this vocation with joy as God's spiritual shepherd, to feed, to minister, to care for His flock under our charge. May we be a shepherd that pleases God. May the Almighty help us to fulfill our role as a cell leader, to be equipped as a shepherd for God's flock. Amen.